Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Before I jump into anything this morning, I just want to say thank you uh, to Don and Jamie Champion. Come on, do you love your lead pastors? Come on, can you clap it up for them today? Love you, Don. So thankful uh, to be here today. And uh, I feel like this is going to be a good Sunday. Come on. If you feel like this is going to be a good Sunday, can I get a yeah? Okay, come on. I need you guys to be excited today uh, because I feel like I have something uh, to share with you uh, from my heart. And, uh, man, something that the Lord spoke to me. Uh, just This is the word for this season. And, uh, man, clap it up for yourselves one time. You made it to church this morning. And uh, super excited that you decided to get up and uh, oh, just overcome that loss yesterday. I promised myself I wouldn't talk about it too much. But just this is why I'm here. It's called reconciliation, people. Okay. And uh, uh, three things about me before we jump into this message today. The first thing is this, is that uh, I'm just going to be vulnerable and tell you that I always crave Chick-fil-A on Sundays. And so that, that is brutal for me. And I woke up this morning with a taste uh, for waffle fries. But how many of you know that that's just the dream? Uh, they're closed on Sundays. And so I'm just going to get over that myself. But number two is this, is that my, uh, my wife, she was supposed to be with me. Her name is Joanna. Uh, she's not with me because we just got two foster babies, uh, one 16 months and, one, and two months old. And so we went into, I grew up in the hood, but now I'm in the best hood, fatherhood. And so I, I really am just so honored uh, to be a part uh, of what's going on in their lives. Their names are Tiffany and Atticus. I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell their names. I just did Tiffany and Atticus, and they are so adorable. I always thought that when me and my wife, you know, had children, I thought we would have our children first and then do foster care. Or if we got foster babies, man, it would look like I cheated on her or she cheated on me. But these babies are German. They are Slavic babies, okay? Blonde hair, blue eyes. They don't look like neither one of us. And I think that's how God meant it to be. So I am so excited about having them in our home. And because my wife's not here with me, I have our young adults pastor here with me, Jordan. Come on, give him a Cinderella wave, if you will. Jordan, okay, Jordan's with me, and I love him, and so I'm just so thankful, okay, so that's number two, and number three is this, is that I am a loud preacher, okay, I don't come from the biggest church, but I come from a loud church, and so if you can't already tell, I'm excited about the word of God, now you always have those people in services, they're like, pastor, you're being a little too loud, this is a little bit too crazy, and I'm telling you, man, God has done so much in my life, it's so hard to contain the excitement and the energy of Jesus Christ. And so here's what I know, man. I, I, I grew up in a, a loud home as well. I grew up in, a, in an African home, a Black Panther home. I don't know if you know anything about that. Uh, but my mom would say, she'd be like, Peter, listen to me. We do not be quiet when we are praising the Lord. We lift up a shout of praise. I'm like, all right, mama. And so she would turn on TBN. And, uh, man, this is what would happen. Like, TBN would be on. And I'd be listening to it all day. I'm like, can we watch something else? Do you not care about the development of your children? I want to watch something else other than TBN. But here's what I developed in that time is when I feel like the church is not with me, I revert to my TBN voice. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I'll be, you, I could be preaching and I don't hear you at all and I'll be like, the Bible says I, that sometimes, I, you, you know, so it's just, I can turn it on and turn it off, you know, I don't, so you're like, is he, does he have asthma? Is that a problem? And I'm telling you right now, I literally like, th- this, this is just the default for me today, so I need you to talk back today, to be loud today. This is a loud church, you're allowed to be a little talkative. So three things I believe today. I believe that God wants to speak to us today. 
I believe that the Lord wants to set you free, and I believe that God is going to empower you today. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalms chapter 56. Psalms chapter 56, and I'm going to read about 13 verses for you today. So if you did not read your Bible this morning, you're welcome. Um, here we go. Psalms chapter 56. I'm going to start at verse 1, reading in the CEV version today. It says, have pity, God most high. My enemies chase me all day. Many of them are pursuing and attacking me. But even when I'm afraid, I keep on trusting you. I praise your promises. I trust you and I'm not afraid. No one can harm me. Enemies spend the whole day finding fault with me. All they can think about is how to do me harm. They attack me. They attack from ambush, watching my every step and hoping to kill me. They won't get away with these crimes, God, because when you get angry, you destroy people. You have kept record of my days of wandering. Oh, this is the kind of God we're talking about this morning. The kind of God that keeps a record of your days of wandering. See, a lot of you in this room, you thought, man, when you were wandering, when you weren't following Jesus, when your life was in a different way, you said, man, I don't even know if God cared about me. Of course he did. He kept record of your wandering. He's been watching every step. He said, you have stored my tears in a bottle and counted each of them. Now, we're talking about a God. Think about how minuscule a tear is. It drops to the floor. We don't even think twice about it. But here is your heavenly father telling you that he stores your tears in a bottle. He cares about the deepest, darkest things in your life. You say, man, I don't even know. Maybe that situation is too small for God to care about. I've been praying and it's never changed. Can I tell you that he cares about your deepest emotions? He cares about what's going on in your life. He's storing your tears in a bottle and he's counting each of them. When I pray, Lord my God, my enemies will retreat because I know for certain that you are with me. Did you hear that? I, he, the, the writer says, I know for certain that you are with me. I'm gonna, I want you to leave with that kind of faith today. I want you to walk out of, out, of, out of this space and say, man, I know that my God is with me. It, it does not matter what I face. It does not matter what comes against me. It does not matter what mountains I encounter. My God is with me. Writer writes that. And he says, I praise your promises. I trust you and I'm not afraid. No one can harm me. I will keep my promises to you, my God, and bring you gifts. You protected me from death, kept me from stumbling, so that I would please you and follow the light. That leads to life. I want to preach a message today around the subject, fear, a fresh opportunity to trust God. Fear, a fresh opportunity to trust God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Highmark Church. Can, God, I can't believe that we get to be a part of something like this. I pray today, God, that you would speak to us, Lord, through your word and that you would speak through me, God. I'm not here to share my opinions. I'm not here to just share simple thoughts, God. I'm sharing exactly what you spoke to me, Lord, in private. And I believe, God, that today your word is going to do something great in this church. In Jesus' name. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. So the author of this text that we're reading today is none other than David. Jesse's David. And so David is a, is a young shepherd who becomes a warrior. He's the young man who kills the giant uh, Goliath. I imagine, uh, you know, the crowd would sing songs about David. They would say Saul has slayed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And I imagine little kids would go in the street and they'd pick up slingshots and they play with each other and hit each other with rocks. And, man, they would emulate. David and David is a hero of the faith. Yet when we read Psalm chapter 56, David is not in hero form. As a matter of fact, David has just wandered into Philistine territory, into Philistine territory. So here's a picture is the, the people that David once conquered, he's now captured by. 
The people that David once ruled over and they were fearful of his name, they now have him captured in their midst. And so David's here and he writes this psalm from a position of fear. And David is having an intense inner battle and inner conflict between his fear of God and his trust in men. I mean, can you imagine this? He's in Philistine territory. He killed their hero, Goliath. Can you imagine what the crowd was saying? Look what you did to our hero. Imagine what we're going to do to you. I imagine that even Goliath's family, his mom and maybe his dad were, they're like, can you believe it? We finally caught the man that killed our son. We're finally going to get victory over him. And so David is afraid. He's going through an inner battle when he writes this Psalm 56 between his fear of God and his trust, or his trust in God and his fear of man. And ultimately, every single one of us has to go through this kind of battle. Like this battle does not discriminate. It does not matter if you are stark white or under the bed dark. Hello. It does not matter if you are Shaquille O'Neal tall or Oompa Loompa short. It does not matter if you're, I eat carrots and celery for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or hey, there's a whole lot of me to love. It does not matter. This battle does not discriminate. All of us have to face this. And I remember uh, when I was in uh, my freshman year of college, I, I got diagnosed with large B-cell lymphoma. It was a cancer tumor in my knee. And I was an athlete. I played football um, at, at the highest level. Uh, well, not the highest level, but Division I football. And so I remember uh, just being in, um, in, in, in practice and being in pain and deciding to quit and saying, man, I just got this injury. I need to take care of it. I'm done. And I remember going to the doctor and the doctor sitting across from me and my mom and my super spiritual mom, like, my super, super, super spiritual mom, like, oh, my gosh, that's a dirt devil. My mom's over there praying against the vacuum, mom, okay? And so, uh, like, super spiritual. And so the doctor comes into the room, and he goes, Peter, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, you have large B-cell lymphoma cancer. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but my mom, she, she, she's old school Pentecostal, so she just looked at the doctor. He's like, son, I'm sorry to tell you you have large B-cell lymphoma in your knee. It's a cancer. And my mom's like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm like, mom, you, you can't just be rebuking doctors out here. This man is trying to help us. And I, I looked at him and he told me, he said, Peter, this is such a sad thing. We don't kind of see this in young men your age. This is really a problem. We got to take care of it immediately. And, uh, man, I was like, Doc, this is, this is such a problem for me. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, Doc, you don't understand. At church, when they start asking us to pray, oh, I'm the loudest one who prays, Doc. Or when they call for worship, oh, I'm, I'm the one with my hands lifted eye, and I'm so close to the worship leader I could lick his big toe. I'm there, Doc. Now, you don't understand that when they call for giving, I'm going into everybody's couch, finding all the change, and I'm giving it. How could I be in this position? And he said, Peter, I don't understand, but you seem like a young man that has faith. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And I want to tell you today, some of you have felt that. You felt that fear that exists in you, this fear that you're like, man, I don't know what to do with that. You're rustling to trust God, and I believe today that God wants to speak a word to you. I, I believe that God wants to stare head to head with your fear, and that today you are going to leave this place walking out with some confidence and some strength in the Lord. So I want to share with you today what the Lord spoke to me. Here's the first thing. Please write it down. It's, I, I felt like the Lord said this. I'm not asking you to get rid of your fear and trust me. I'm asking you to trust me while you're fully afraid. I'm not asking you to get rid of your fear and trust me. I'm asking you to trust me while you're fully afraid. Here's what David writes. He writes, but even when I'm afraid, I will keep on trusting you. But even while I am currently afraid, even when I feel all the feelings, even when I'm trembling and there's, man, I'm shaking, I will 
trust you. Come on, some of you know the story in Scripture where, the, where Peter's walking on the water. You know the story. Uh, Jesus is with the disciples, and they start to get on his nerves. And like, all right, let's go across the lake. And he's like, peace. Y'all go across the water, and uh, I'm going to go pray. And I imagine the disciples look at each other and like, I don't, I don't think Jesus knows how water works. Isn't that what we do, right? Like we try to tell God. We're like, God, I don't know if you see this situation or why this job isn't working out, but you need to do something about it. And he's like, no, 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 I made the water. I gave you that job. I know exactly what to do with it. And so the disciples go across the lake. Jesus goes to pray. And uh, in the middle of the night, it's darker. And the disciples see something coming towards them on top of the water. Now, how many of you know, I don't know, some of you are like, well, I really like to swim, Pastor. But if something is coming towards me and it's under the water, I got some fear in my heart. I'm like, what is that? And why is it coming over here? I bet it likes dark meat. You know, so I, I don't want it coming in. But how many of you know that when the, the thing is coming on top of the water, that's a different level of fear. I'm like, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know what could happen. And so in the story, uh, it's the sensitive disciple, John, who recognizes that it possibly could be Jesus because that's what sensitivity does. Sensitivity opens our heart to recognize Jesus when other people won't. And so John sees Jesus on top of the water, but it's the action in the apostle Peter that causes him to go, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come towards you and I will. Now, see, the disciples are terrified, the scripture says. They're all afraid of Jesus walking towards them. But Peter, fully afraid, steps out of the boat and onto the water. And now here's what the other people say, right? Because you know, some of you know the rest of the story. You know that Peter, the wind hits, and Peter takes his eyes off of the water and uh, or off of Jesus, and he begins to sink in the water. And people are like, oh, my gosh, don't take your eyes off Jesus. See what happens. Oh, you're going to fall in the water. And I'm like, he's the only one that got off the boat. And I believe that's what God is calling Highmark Church to. It's not to get rid of your fear and then trust God, but to step out the boat, to invite someone who you know needs the gospel, to invite God into your life in a way maybe you never had before. Oh, step out the boat, Highmark Church. So Peter, fully afraid, he steps out the boat, and I feel like that's a word for us today. Because God is saying this to us. If you would trust me enough to step out the boat, out of the boat, even when you're fully afraid, you would start to walk on the things you used to drown in. You would start to walk on the things you used to drown in if you would step out of the boat and trust me. Then he tells us, I feel like this is what the Lord is saying. Point number two. Saying, don't be more aware of your problems than you are my promises. Don't, don't be more aware of your problems than you are my promises. David writes this in verse 4. He says, I praise your promises. I praise your promises. Now, that's interesting to me because I would think that he would say, I praise you for your promises. But David writes, I praise you. He said, I praise your promises. And I think that David had a working understanding of what we only learn in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become a part of us. Then we could escape our evil desires and corrupt influences in this world. So David writes, I praise your promises. Well, those promises God gives us, it's to shape us so that we become like his nature. So that we become more like him. So when David writes, I praise your promises, what he's saying to God is this. Is I praise you because I'm going to be shaped by your promises, not the situations in life I go through. Oh, some of you have been shaped by your loneliness. 
You've been shaped by your depression. You've been shaped by your anxiety. And most important, you've been shaped by your fear. But my Bible tells me that these promises that God delivers to the church, to Highmark Church, are given to us so that his nature can become a part of us. So I'm telling you today, don't focus on what you're going through. Focus on what your God says about that situation. Don't focus on what you're going through. Focus about what God says about that situation. And then it says this. It says, then we could escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of this world. So when David says, I praise your promises, what is he saying? He's saying to the Lord, listen, this is my way of escape. This is the way I get out of where I am and how I currently feel. Man, a lot of us have just been so trapped in that inner battle. The, the inner battle could be, be between so many different things. And we're so nervous about what, what could happen and the possibilities. And God is saying to us, listen, you focusing on my promises is the way you escape all these things you feel. He's saying, listen, I'm not going to allow you to get to a place where I haven't given you a way of escape. This is why it's so important, man, that you're here on a Sunday, that you're receiving the word of God, the promises of God, that you're reading scripture by yourself. Because these promises, they get on the inside of you, they shape you to become more like God, and then they provide a way of escape when things get difficult in life. The promises of God. David says, I praise your promises. I want to share with you a thought, and, and, and I'm not sure how theological this thought is, and I don't mean to ruffle any feathers, but I, I want to say this. You guys, some of you know the story. There's a scripture uh, talking about David in, Bible, in the Bible where he, he, he's defending the sheep, and uh, he kills a lion, and he kills a bear. Come on, ladies. Uh, that's a man right there. He kills a lion and a bear. My wife's like, would you do that for me? I'm like, girl, uh, we both gone. Bye. You know, so, uh, but David kills a lion and a bear. And here's what I honestly believe. The, the Lord told David, protect these sheep. He told him, this was God's uh, word of declaration to David, but also a promise. He said, protect these sheep and I'll protect you. Protect these sheep and I'll protect you. And so a lion comes, David kills a lion. He's just protecting what God told him to protect. And, and, and a bear comes and David kills the bear. He's just protecting what God told him to protect. And I think that we think, man, we do this. We get off of God and we do our own thing. We're like, I bet David could have walked into the wild and he could have killed any lion and killed any bear. And I'm telling you that David's strength did not come from his ability to kill lions and bears. It came from the promise of God to protect the sheep. That's where your strength comes from. Your strength comes from your ability to protect the promise that God gave you. So he writes, I praise, I praise your promises. They're awesome. I'm, I praise them. His promises shape us. I'm not going to allow what I go through to shape me. His promises are going to shape me because they create a way of escape. Let me give you point number three. Point number three. Here's what I feel like the Lord's saying to us. Yes, I want your faithfulness. Yes, I want your faithfulness, but I also want your friendship. Yes, I want your faithfulness, but I also want your friendship. David writes, I will keep my promises to you, my God, and bring you gifts. And here's why I think Christian relationships with God get so cloudy. Is we... It's a one-way street. We're constantly asking for him for things and expecting things from him. And we should. The scripture tells us to do that. But also there's a reciprocation of love that we give back to God. And so David's saying, listen, I'm not going to allow my relationship with you to just be about you doing for me. I'm going to give back to you. 
Uh, John 15, 13 says this, that greater love, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's like, listen, I, I, you guys know that I'm your master and Lord, but greater, greater love has none than this, that I laid down my life for you. You're my friends. This is the heart of our God. He doesn't just want your faithfulness. He wants your friendship. James 2.23 2, says this. This is what the scriptures mean by saying Abraham had faith in God and God accepted him. That's how Abraham became God's friend. Here's what I ultimately believe is happening in this passage. Is that he doesn't just want our faithfulness. He wants our friendship because friends trust at a, dif at a different level. Friends trust at a deeper level. God's saying, listen, I don't want just you to compartmentalize me, put me in a spot in your life where you're like, this is just where God stays and here's where my friends are and here's where my family is. I want you to invite me into every area of your life. I want to I be friends with you. I want you to speak to me. Come on, you know those people that, you know, uh, they, they're like, yeah, God's just a friend and just talk to them. And then when they pray, they're like, oh, auspicious God. I thank you, Father, for how you live. You know what I mean? It's like, who are you talking to? Who do you talk to like that? Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you as you as we pontificate upon the precepts of the Lord. You know, like it's like that is not how you talk to your Heavenly Father. And God's saying, listen, I don't need you to try to approach me with all this wordiness. This is exactly the message that he was trying to get to the Pharisees in Scripture. The Pharisees were these people that they were walking in the ways of religion. They had their hands tied to the law. They're like, well, everything they do, is that in the Scripture? And Jesus, what about this? And they were dragging people before Jesus, accusing him, uh, accusing them, and then trying to accuse him. People just tied to religion. And Jesus is like, listen, it's not just about the law. It's not just about the rules. I don't just want your faithfulness. I want your friendship. I want you to let me in. And here's the deal about Jesus, man, is that he's consistently trying to get closer to you. Some of you are like, oh, pastor, give us some scripture. Okay, here we go. Here we go. In, in Genesis, right, in Genesis, we see the Bible tells us that God is walking in the garden with man. He's taking a stroll with Adam, just walking through the garden. Doesn't that sound so nice? When's the last time you walked? Through a garden, never, okay? And uh, I walked through the candy store, praise God. And, uh, anyway, I don't know how I got there. But walking in the garden with Adam, just walking with him, enjoying the garden with Adam, he says, but that's not close enough. And so then he sends Jesus, and Jesus is not just walking with us, he's living among us, he's resting among us, he's hanging out with us, he's spending time with us. He says, but that's not close enough. And so he sends the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit is not just walking with us, not just living amongst us, but now he's living on the inside of us. Can I tell you, God wants to get closer to you. He wants to get as close as he possibly can to you. I don't just want your faithfulness. I want your friendship. So let me get to this title, Fear, a Fresh Opportunity to Trust God. Too often when we encounter fear in our lives, right, we say, you know what, first I'm just going to deal with this fear. I'm going to get over the fact and then I'm going to take my step forward. And I'm here to tell you today that fear is no longer should be an obstacle in your life, but an opportunity for you to trust in your heavenly father. But fear is no longer to be a barrier to Highmark Church. Every time we feel fear or we feel the call to more faith, man, this is a faith-filled church. Or we believe that this city is never going to be the same because this church was planted and you are part of God's plan. Or we're going to bring the lost in here. They're going to find Christ. We're going to bring the hopeless in here. Their lives are going to be changed. Fear is no longer a barrier. No longer. 
It's a fresh opportunity to trust God. So some of you have walked into this place today with fear clearly dwelling in your heart. My friends, today is the day to release a declaration, a confession of God, I trust you. Or you would be shocked at how much freedom is packed into that confession today. I trust you. God says, I'm not waiting for you to get rid of your fear and then trust me. I want you to trust me while you're fully afraid. I want you to believe in me while you don't understand all the pieces. I'm here. Would you close your eyes today for me, with me for a second? Bow your head. And when you feel like you have enough strength today, would you just release, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Come on, on the count of three, all together we're in. I trust you. One, two, three. I trust you. God is going to do incredible things in your life. This confession of your heart, oh, it's going to open new doors of freedom in your life. Come on, one, two, three. I trust you. I trust you. Maybe you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Peter, I want to trust God. I'm just not sure how. Our friend, the scriptures tell us, that Jesus has already paid the price for all of our sins. And he desires to be close to us. And all we have to do is confess that Jesus is Lord. And we will be saved forever, free from all of our sins. The confession of our mouth becomes the declaration of our heart and we are free. So today I'm going to pray over you a prayer of salvation. And as I pray today, I want you to begin to pray in your heart. Maybe today's the first time you're saying yes to Jesus. As I'm praying, just say, I want to follow you. I want to walk with you. Help me. Some of you, maybe that's all the words you can get out today. You say, God, help me. That's enough today. So as I pray, I want you to pray in your hearts. Commit your life to Jesus. Say, I want to follow you. Help me. I need you. Whatever it is today. Jesus, I thank you so much for Highmark Church. God, thank you for every individual in this space, God. Lord, each one of them are so valuable and important to this body and to the overall body of Christ. God, I thank you for their lives, for their experiences, for their wins and their losses. God, I pray today, God, that as maybe some of them feel like their hearts are from you, God, today that they would close the gap. Jesus, your word declares, God, that as we confess Jesus as Lord, we are saved from our sins, God cleansed of all unrighteousness. And so I pray today for my friends, God, that you would save their soul, that as they say yes to you, Lord, that their lives would be changed forever and that from this day moving forward, God, that they would know that they were a child of God, committed to Jesus Christ, and God, that their lives would never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in them. Thank you for their hearts that are open to you. Thank you for your forgiveness for their lives and for all of our lives. In Jesus' name. And if you agree with that today, can you put your hands together? Come on, can we just celebrate that today?
Come on, that's so incredible, so exciting. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.